On today's podcast, your hosts TC and Chris Nicole discuss their perspectives on dietary practices for seasons focused on growth and strength versus seasons of cutting for competition events. On dietary practices for seasons focused on growth and strength versus seasons of All right, and we are back, and we are dedicating this podcast for all of our clients that are dieting, including TC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I think it's time we talk about some nutrition. We've talked a lot about training, and nutrition is such an important aspect of an athlete's life, so I'm glad we're going to take some time to kind of muddle through this. Yeah, especially since I think a lot of athletes kind of don't place as much weight on their nutrition as they should. They sure think a lot about what they're doing in the gym on a daily basis they're thinking about what muscle they're going to work that day um but i think that it kind of ends there so yeah and i think intentionality both in a like the intro said the dieting phase and the improvement season um because it's different they're very different yeah and tc and i have (laughs) been on opposite ends of the spectrum this entire year so i started dieting this year and Got to watch TC eat ice cream. <laughs> and uh, and now the roles are reversed. Mm-hmm. So I'm just picking out every second I can. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's just been very interesting to be on opposite ends of the spectrum. Be, you know, courteous of the other person and mm-hmm. what they're experiencing, especially when they're on low calories. Yeah. Um, and I think it's that's a perspective we want to bring to the podcast as well. Stuff that we've learned from from our own experience so which is tough because not you know not everyone has the benefit of having a partner who also does this right so what we've kind of learned is that your your perspective especially when you're dieting um is generally speaking skewed Mm -hmm. and something that i've kind of talked about with a lot of our athletes um definitely with you is that our emotions lie to us Mm -hmm. right and especially as athletes trying to reach for something like trying to push your body to the absolute limit, your brain is going necessarily, it's a safety mechanism. It's going to try to like kind of throttle you back a little bit, you know? Um, So I think it's important. Like, I think that's an important aspect to remember. And when you're dieting, when you're in a long dieting season, your, your body is perpetually trying to get you to eat more food. It's perpetually trying to Mm -hmm. give you these signals of, Hey man, I'm hungry. We need more food than this. You know, we're wasting away, but that's, that's what you want. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, we'll discuss some strategies for bodybuilding. I think there's a heavy, uh, nutrition component for bodybuilding, but also there's nutrition aspects for powerlifting and strength Mm -hmm. sports as well, because there is, you know, making weight for, uh, competitions and then also just like managing your overall nutrition for performance in the gym. So, yes, yes. and macro timing, I think, is yes. really important for you know powerlifters. Exactly. So, uh, is there a specific topic you want to start with first, or should we just discuss? Uh, well, um, I guess first, let me I just want to expand just a tiny bit more on us having the benefit of going through each other's seasons together. Right. So, yeah, um, I think this is the first time that you've had to be the support for someone in a prep. Right. It's wild. So this is like this is my second year. The first year we were together, you Mm -hmm. competed. Um, 
and I loved it. I was basically just your your helper, right? I worked like a few hours a day during the week on that office uh, for John, and that was pretty much it. The rest of the time, you know, we were I was just kind of learning the relationship, and it was it was great. And then this year, um, I kind of started cutting, but I wasn't tracking any food, and and it was like you said, it was definitely beneficial to have at least one of us on a, uh, some slightly higher calories than the other one so that we can be a little more patient. Right. Not that we still didn't run into some issues, but at the end of the day, I think we both knew that we're both on the same page. Neither one of us is trying to irritate or upset the other one. And we both have, you know, each other's best interests in mind. Um, so when, when you have the opportunity to be on both sides of prep, I think it really allows you to be a better support mm-hmm. for the other person um, in both aspects right so once you realize how hangry you can be and how irritable and how unreasonable you can be you can really make a bigger effort to throttle that back so that you know your loved ones aren't perpetually like well screw you then (laughs) yeah and like your sport is destroying you Mm -hmm. and making you know like how you respond to those moments of like just really struggling through that's a that your loved ones are looking at that too so yeah, they they see you being irritable and unhappy, and that's all they see. So mm-hmm. whether or not you're, you know, consciously unhappy through this prep or not, if that's what they see, that's what they're that is what they're going to support. So they're going to push you towards not doing this again versus, you know, the opposite. Correct. They're going to make that direct correlation. Mm-hmm. So it gives you the opportunity to say, okay, wow, like you know, this this is a real issue, and I need to make sure that I am actually portraying, you know, what's inside of me, and not just. You know firing from the hip and being a little irritable sure um yeah it's that that's a very that's a good point because then your support system washes away you know the more irritable you get with people i mean all of the greats talk about how important having their circle is right and without that support network you're not going to make you're not going to be successful mm-hmm. in in really any kind of uh, extreme endeavor you know Correct. Uh, if you don't have your support system you're if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together exactly so. And I think if you have, uh, you know, a spouse or significant other that does not mm-hmm. participate in your sport, there's also the benefit of just learning to communicate. Uh, I think that's been a big yeah. one for us as well. We both, when we're dieting, we need completely different things. Like TC needs something completely different from me than I need from him. I just need to be busy all day and be left oh alone. Oh my gosh. Of. Like you can interact with me, but like, just let me do my thing. <laughs> and I'm like as productive as like the picture hanging on the wall. Like, don't give me extra things to do. I just need to be like a robot and not have extra. I mean, I've done like really dumb things on low calories because I just, my brain mm-hmm. was just not functioning optimally uh, in the past. So it's very interesting to watch you go through a prep and what you need to get by is, is very different. Yeah. Which we've had issues with that, right? Like you, you're trying to help me. I'm like, no, that's okay. No, I'm, I'm okay. No, that's fine. No, and, and by the end of that interaction, you are so mad at me. Because, <laughs> just let me help you. And I'm like, oh, babe, I don't need it. It's I'm okay. Like, I know fine. this man needs help. <laughs> but it's better to just, yeah, let you have your routine. Mm-hmm. And I hang back. If you need something, you ask me. Exactly. And that was the compromise that we came to is that I would try to be more vocal about asking for help intentionally so that because it's a two-way street right like me allowing you to help me is yeah 
it's doing something for me, but it's also placating your mentality because you're my partner and you right. want to be there to support me. And Correct. when, if you're just perpetually irritable and just in a perpetually leave me alone mood, you're, you're in unintentionally maybe but you're pushing people away from you mm -hmm. and you're pushing the people who want to help you away from you so that's something that i've really had to work to do um which is you know slow down and like ask for like let you know what you can do for me so you make uh you know our veggies you know if we have cooked uh raw veggies and you make those for us uh you make some rice and the instant pie you make chicken like you make sure the, the fridge stays stocked and yeah Every morning I get up, I do the dishes, I make my meals for the day and I, you know, come out and do cardio and stretching, blah, blah, blah. But like it, it just makes it very easy for me to just continue plodding along. So. Right. And I think once we found a routine, mm -hmm. we knew where I knew where I could fit, uh, where my role would be in supporting you in a prep. Yes. And I think no matter if you're a more independent person and you need less help or you're someone like me that I'll like yes please help <laughs> please send help always um i think everybody can use patience uh i think that when you're dieting you need to be patient with yourself your fuse a lot of times it's mm -hmm. just gonna it's gonna surprise you that all of a sudden you're mm -hmm. at level 10 about something because you you know maybe had a longer stretch between meals or it's yeah. just like you can't you can only handle so many things in a day of disappointments or whatever um and or it just hits you the wrong way right some you days know? you just have bad yeah. days and you're like man i just cannot get my head in the yeah the right and I, I just think it's very important as an athlete to maintain like personal honesty but as you diet being honest with yourself becomes harder and harder and you just kind of have to tell yourself okay i was probably wrong in that altercation how you know what did i do wrong you know and if you start looking at things like that First of all, you're going to be a lot less mad at the world because you feel a lot less like things are happening to you mm -hmm. and you start to take responsibility for these things, which is, you know, it's uh, from that book, Extreme Ownership by David Goggins. Uh, he, oh, no, that's Jocko. Jocko Wilkins. Extreme Ownership? Mm -hmm. I'll Google it right now. If you're watching yeah, on yeah, YouTube, I'm Googling it right now. Um, but basically, the book talks about that. Just basically make everything your fault. Um and take take responsibility for as many different things as you can he kind of takes it to extreme um but that's okay if you're perpetually saying okay what could i have done to uh positively affect that situation you know what can i do in the future to make this go the way i want it to go like you're gonna have much better results yes i win jocko wilkins huh oh i didn't even say his last name right <laughs> Willink, Willink, Jocko Willink. It is a good book. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's that's really hard because everyone, when you're angry at something, you don't want to be wrong. Like that's the last thing in the world that you want to be is wrong about that thing that pissed you off. <laughs> and really, the what takes it even one step further is you having to be the one to tell yourself that you're wrong. You know. Right. And that's, it's just really difficult. Um, but it makes for progress as a human being, I think, and definitely progress as an athlete, because the more honest you can be with yourself as an athlete, the more honest you're going to be able to be uh, in other places like nutrition, in the gym, with posing. Are you actually doing, you know, your, your cardio at the right intensity? Are you actually pushing as hard as you can? Like all these little things, just being honest with yourself, it's, it's, a, it's across the board kind of thing for an athlete. Right. And I think uh, different things will 
be more energy taxing for different people. Mm -hmm. uh, I know for me being an introverted individual and I think TC, you could probably relate to that as well. Mm. A lot of social interaction is a lot of stimulation. And so I have to, in order to keep my like attitude in a good place and not feel drained, I have to meter some of that social interaction. So mm -hmm. it's allocated for our clientele uh, first and foremost. And, you know, I have to watch how, how many hours I spend on Instagram answering questions for people. You know, there's seasons for everything. And um, it, just like we're going to talk about nutrition being metered for whatever season you're in, other activities can be metered as well. It's just mm -hmm. to maintain your peace of mind and, and to give your best to your partner at mm -hmm. the end of the day. So. Yeah. So on that note, excuse me, uh, let's go into, uh, you know, talking about the differences between like, so we've been, kind of been talking about what happens when you're cutting. And that's not always just for competition. You mean when you're suffering? Yeah, yeah. When your <laughs> calories are restricted, you know, whether you're cutting for a bodybuilding show, a powerlifting meet, um, yeah, a sports match that has weight classes or beach season, it doesn't really matter. You know, you can have a lot of these same symptoms that we've been talking about, the irritability, you know, being hangry. That's uh, what it's called, hangry. Yeah, you know, maybe a little bit of depression. Um, so, so... Let's talk about some of the strategies that, that you have implemented in your competition season mm -hmm. to help with uh, like satiety and, and sure. hunger and appetite and, and irritability and et cetera. Yeah. So when I was dieting this year, it made some big changes that I think were extremely helpful. Um, the first thing I did was I was very specific about when I started eating for the day. So I kind of tried to stave off as much of my first meal. Like I try to push it back as much into the day as I possibly could. Um, it prolonged my fasting window from sleep, but also I had stuff to do in the morning. I had cardio to do. Um, I had, you know, client check-ins to do. I had plenty of work. So, you know, caffeine is also an appetite suppressant so i would go do my cardio i'd come back trying to have some caffeine just to be more alert for my clients focus on them and then i would sit down and have a meal and uh At what time so pr anywhere from like 10 a.m to a, sometimes some days it was 11 it kind of depended on how i was feeling so around that time and then uh immediately after i'd have that meal protein carbs, a little bit of fat, I would head to the gym. So I was really trying to put the majority of my activity in the beginning of the day, because that's when your cortisol is supposed to be the highest. That's when you're supposed to have the most energy. So I was trying to like put as many things that required the most out of me in the beginning of the day. And dealing I, with your boyfriend. <laughs> oh my you God. slow down. He's for way, way too alert in the morning. We're the opposite in the morning. Just, yeah. so you know, guys, uh, yeah, so cutting cutting season was fun. Oh my gosh, just there's no one. No, you can't talk to me. Mm. <laughs> Go away. It was yeah, Diego and I would leave. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going for a walk. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Let's leave mom alone. Um, so yeah, but it was similar to you. Is where like I needed my routine and yeah. food fit very nicely into that because I knew I was working towards that first meal. I was going to the gym. I was finishing that task and working towards my second meal. And then 
after that, my energy starts to like dip towards the end of the day. I think most people experience that afternoon starts to come down and then by nighttime, forget it. So I, I think I was eating, let's see, one, two, five meals a day. Yeah. You were eating a bunch. Um, I try to eat several meals just for balancing out blood sugar and protein. Yeah, yeah. Having, you know, protein consistently throughout the day, but like I said, I'd work a regular work day and then I would make sure that I had a meal at the end of the day that I enjoyed because one, it was, I was finally like sitting down and I wasn't distracted by uh, my tasks that I had to complete. And I wanted to have a reward at the end of the day for getting everything done. So there's that reward factor of, I, I love this meal, this last meal. And um, I would even allow myself to have some type of dessert whether sometimes it was literally two rice cakes and a couple grams of peanut butter but i'd have it with a nice tea that i enjoyed at night uh or like a hot drink with some magnesium just something that i was sitting down and treating myself to and feel it like being able to unplug so the mm -hmm. mental aspect behind nutrition is super important oh yeah 100 percent. and uh when i could a good hack that I still do is uh, I'll do non-fat Greek yogurt and I'll mix it with a protein powder that I really enjoy. I actually really like uh, Core Nutritionals Vegan Protein. I think it's got great flavor profile. It actually makes it it's like frosting to me when I mix it up and I'll chill it in the freezer for I don't know. However long it takes for you to remember it's in there. I'll go get I'll go get it. I'll put it in the freezer, go get a shower and then come back out and that's mm -hmm. what I enjoy for my last meal. And then like depending on your calorie allotment, like sometimes I'll put dried fruit on there or some granola or something like that. But yeah, I think it's important to have meals that you enjoy, food that you enjoy, and that's why I like having that's why I like teaching people about macros rather than having them stuck to uh meal plans. Yeah. Well, it makes it a lot easier to create something sustainable, I think, when you have macros instead of a meal plan. If you have a meal plan, that's all you know. And then all of a sudden you're traveling and, oh, crap, I just left my lunchbox on the roof of the car. Now what do I do? Well, that's the worst. <laughs> Another fun hack, too, is I would utilize my... So once you I got towards closer to my show... Your food choices can get a little bit limited because you are really trying to pick things that are going to keep you full and uh, separating like fats, carbs and protein allows for like more food volume. Mm -hmm. So for fats, I would actually buy a variety of almonds. Uh, TC found me some maple, cinnamon almonds. I had cocoa almonds. There's blueberry ones that are really good. Yeah. And I even have raw almonds as well. And I would, I had like, I actually had an ice cream, empty Tallini, I think it's Tallini ice cream container. And every morning I'd put it on scale and I would weigh out, you know, calculate what kind of blend of almonds I was going to have that day. And if I ever get to a point where I was like, just, I need to just snack on something. I had this container of almonds with me and I could just literally eat a couple and then go about the rest of my day so I wasn't so food focused so that was a new thing I implemented this year that was helpful yeah which I, I think that works really well I mean those 
are a little more calorie dense than, than some other options. Yeah, but, they have some carbs in them. Yeah, but they they fit your macros and they give you that crunchiness uh, for mm-hmm. the you know to to help satiate you know because um, hunger isn't just a yeah it's about the hormone the ghrelin response and um, you know actually feeling hungry but there's also the fact of like actually doing something with your mouth and ingesting something and and that kind of psychology that can help kind of hold you over until your next meal so. yeah and it was fun to just find different flavors and then yeah. if i you know you can make it as if you choose almonds that have less carbs in them you know you mix a little bit more of the raw like unflavored almonds in them you have a little bit more carbs for your oatmeal or your workout mm-hmm. or whatever so for whatever is going to make this season bearable. Yes. Right? Because that's what it's about. Sustainability. Yeah, exactly. So my diet looks... I have a lot of similarities to mm-hmm. your prep season. Um, I think my diet is probably a little more bland than yours. Mm-hmm. He's um, a machine. Yeah, I just... It is what it is at this <laughs> point. You know, we're going for efficiency, not comfort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I do... The same thing. I push my meal time off. So I get up. I, like I said, I do the dishes. I make my meals for the day. Um, I start my day out with a BCAA drink. Mm-hmm. Um, so your body has something called the uh, leucine threshold, where theoretically you have to ingest like over two grams of leucine before your protein synthesis is going to start. Um, otherwise, you're probably going to be in a more of a catabolic state where your proteins are being broken down and used for energy. So um, I start my day off with um, a serving of BCAAs. I love core nutritionals because they have the, the beta alanine and I think they have citrulline in there as well. So the oh. addition of those two things is, is really nice. I like that for my cardio too. Mm-hmm. It was like a nice, you get to taste something before you. Yeah, well, and it also gives you, you know, obviously the amino acids, but then, you know, that small blood sugar spike. So like it, it can, similar to like you were talking about caffeine earlier, it can kind of stave off your hungry, hunger a little bit, yes. you know? Yeah. Um, so I have been coming out to the bar and I do my cardio. I stretch a little bit. I started doing 30 and 30. So I do like, you know, 10 minutes of cardio and then 10 pull-ups and 10 minutes of cardio, 10 pull-ups, 10 minutes of cardio, 10 pull-ups because my lower lats have been, they were lacking. So my lower lats and my upper pecs was my feedback from the last show. So um, we're going to make them oversized <laughs> coming up we're just gonna hit those and do or if he's bored he does yard work uh, i caught him the other day yeah. raking yeah i didn't feel like walking on the treadmill so i had cut down a bunch of like tall tall weed type plants with yeah, a head posted on instagram people got a kick out of it the yeah. weeds were like double the size of tc yeah so um anyhow, side tangent keep going so yeah, so then I come in the office, I answer emails, I do desk work until like 10 o'clock, I go inside, I get my first meal, I come back out here, nor- then usually at that point I'll start reading, um, either I'll go in and talk to Chris first thing in the morning, that's usually what happens, is I heat up my food, I go in there and we talk for like half hour, 45 minutes. By that time I'm, I'm awake, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, so after 10, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we talk about the day, I come back out, I work out. I go back in, I get my food, and I bring my food back out to the barn from to eat my post-workout meal. Um, and this is when I start some studying work. So right now I'm uh, trying to finish up this physique and um, something coach, whatever, the physique enhancement coach, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's physique and bodybuilding coach, whatever they call it. It's PBC certification. Um, so trying to finish that up. So I like to read and eat 
to kind of save some time. And then depending on how hot it is, I use the time between my post-workout meal and my third meal of the day. I either continue reading um, or doing other research for, you know, raw powerlifting and, mm -hmm. you know, making emails for that kind of stuff, reaching out to sponsors and stuff, um, doing stuff like that. Or uh, if it's not too hot, I'll go outside and, you know, do yard work. I love being outside. Um, the other benefit to that, so I was listening to a podcast by Dr. Huberman the other day, and he was talking about appetite and how to control your appetite with hormones and food and hunger and this, that, and the other. And, and he mentioned that UV rays actually have the potential to decrease appetite, but only when absorbed through your eye holes. Your eye holes? <laughs> your eye holes. Okay, now that's out there for everybody. <laughs> you gotta go right in your eye holes. That's what we call them, eye holes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you have to, like, you don't want to wear blue light blockers, uh, during the day. You want to get outside and you want to, ex like, you don't, uh, ideally not wearing sunglasses either. Now, obviously if it's too bright, too much exposure to the sun is bad for your eyes, but just a little bit, uh, a little bit of UV exposure to your eyes and you can get some ap appetite suppressing effects. And sometimes I can make it all the way up until like 6.30 before I eat my last meal, which for better or worse, because then at sure. that point I have to eat my last meal at eight. <laughs> yeah. So you try to space it out and then you have a protein shake at nine. So now you're the, the protein at the tail end of the day is kind of getting a little jumbled. You want to stretch it out a little more. Um, again, because of that leucine threshold and because of uh, how your body is perpetually in a state of building and breaking down amino acids. Okay. So, your goal is to minimize the breakdown of amino acids and to maximize the building of amino acids. And the way you do that is to make sure that your body's properly fed throughout the day. So that's why we have meal timing and that's why we try to eat. That's why that's where the whole thing came about eating more smaller meals throughout the day instead of mm -hmm. eating like one or two big meals. Um, so yeah, so sometimes my meals can kind of get a little jumbled, but it's, it, it's working for me now because it, it's, keep it, my mind is occupied i'm staying busy i'm not completely focused on food and it's making this season sustainable for me especially because i've decided that i want to make my diet as efficient as possible for progress versus comfort like i would much prefer to have all my carbs right before i go to bed there's nothing better than sitting down watch some tv with your babe <laughs> eating a nice big bowl of ice cream or cereal which is what my cheat meal has been like you know mine was oatmeal and i would put Reese cups in there mm -hmm. i would make a protein shake I and make a bowl of cereal yeah yeah, yeah. So whatever your dessert looks like you know that's obviously more fun but because we wanted to maximize insulin response we wanted to maximize growth hormone production we wanted to maximize testosterone production um which we'll kind of go into detail on that. Uh, we decided to have more of our carbohydrates around my workout time and less of them towards the end of the day. So, well, since we're on that topic uh, of carb, because we had a, someone ask us a very good question about like meal timing. Um, and I would agree. I think that carbohydrate intake before bed may not have all of the benefits that you would large amount of carbohydrate intake. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also believe wholeheartedly in the psychology of like what what you need to keep going, because a lot of times people start snacking at night. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, 
and Sun so goes down right and they're like i am hungry the day is done i need that reward so for me to stay on my meal plan it was helpful for me to allocate some carbs mm-hmm. at, as my last meal before bed um, because i it was something i could look forward to and something that i knew like okay like I didn't take them from before my workout and I didn't take them after my workout. I just designated an amount uh, for kind of like my after dinner meal. Yes. And um, so I think that there's science for what works best for your body, but um, it's really the individual is so important because our mentalities about food, it varies so widely for people. Well, it's also so multifaceted, right? Because if we want to take it one step further and talk about stress, if you're sitting there at night when you're supposed to be relaxing and getting ready for bed and you're stressing out about how hungry you are right, and want just wanting that one snack that's sitting on the shelf, that is increasing your cortisol level. You're not going to get as good sleep and sleep is where you are supposed to be recovering. And if you're dieting, you're probably already not sleeping that well. So you have this cascade of effects all. And like you said, it's, it all goes back to the psychology. So we have to find ways that match the science for efficiency in the gym and progress building muscle and losing body fat right with what is going to be sustainable and what your plan your sustainable long-term plan as an athlete is going to look like because it's not going to be the exact same as someone else's and that's okay that's perfectly fine exactly so which the kind of talking about stress that's another aspect of prep that like i think gets glossed over and i don't want to go into too much detail about it right now because we're talking about diet here uh just know that stress in prep you have to be very careful about your perceived stress uh and you have to really take care of your mentality uh, especially when you're in a dieting season um and unless you have something to add, that's all i'll say about that right now yeah that's going to be a whole other topic yes. yeah I'm we'll reading talk, a very we'll talk good about book. stress building muscle and stress yeah. In another podcast. But let's talk about this specific scenario where we had a person ask. They're, they go through their work day. They end up at the gym at 6.30. They do their workout. What should they be eating prior to their lift? And should they be having a post-workout meal after their lift because it's later in the day? Um, so do you want to? Yeah, sure. What we ended up, uh, uh, I think... Like Chris said, this was a client who had this uh, question for us just yesterday. And um, again, referring back to, I think it was actually that same podcast, Dr. Huberman talked about how um, a large blood sugar spike right before bed uh, can have detrimental effects on growth hormone production. Right. So he also talked about, he kind of went into detail about how like growth hormone works and how it declines as you age. And he also explained some growth hormone production stimulators but then he also described how manipulation through supplementation versus you know exercise and just good uh biological practices um it seems to max out your growth hormone production no matter what there is a ceiling it seems like interesting um so our approach is going to be like food and performance first right we we don't want to just load you up on supplements because then that's putting a whole bunch more load on your liver and kidneys So ideally in this situation, taking that information about growth hormone, we don't want a a huge influx of carbohydrates right before bed. Having said that, we know that that eating carbohydrates with protein post-workout 
increases the rate of protein synthesis. Correct. So we want to try to capitalize on both of these things. Um, and what we ended up telling her is eat your normal meal. Like, so eat your dinner basically before your workout, um, with adequate protein and carbohydrates, mm-hmm. um, but not large enough to where you're not going to feel well moving around in the gym. Right. And then afterwards you have, you know, a, another protein serving, whether that's, I, I would suggest for it to be a shake just because it's super easy, easily digested. Yes. Um, and then like some carbohydrates. So instead of having like 40 or 50, like you would, if you worked out in the middle of the day, maybe 20, 15 to 20 carbs just so that you can get that small insulin spike. Exactly. Um, and it can work with the protein that you're ingesting there. And if you have plenty, you're having plenty of carbohydrates prior yeah. to your workout, you're going to be utilizing them during, and then that's also going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, your body's not going to run through that immediately, um, especially in her case. It's not like a, a crazy dieting phase. So, yeah. Um, and, and then, it, th- go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's also trial and error too. Yeah. Because if eating that last meal with carbohydrates interrupts her sleep, then we need to relook at maybe pulling carbohydrates out and she's solely doing the protein shake. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, if she's too hungry because now you've digested that protein, they need a little bit of extra. Then we look at other dietary things that we can include in there where she's getting quality sleep. Cause like you had said, uh, sleep is the most important thing when we're trying to facilitate f- changes with the physique sure yeah then taking it one step further we can try to schedule her workouts to where she has as few workouts after work as possible correct and then like you know you work out saturday and sunday instead of having one or both of your weekend days be your rest days you work out those days because you can get your workout in a little earlier and you can have your nutrition surrounding your workout uh be a little more substantial right um yeah all right. So what about for improvement season? Now we are getting more food. So I think one of the first things, so what we didn't say explicitly is an eating window for competition or cutting season, right? Uh, I think you and I pretty much stay within 12 hours of an I, eating window, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 to 10 kind of, uh, I think is a good estimation. Yeah, I would agree. So... I think that that's a good practice. I think that when you're in improvement season, when you're reversing out from a show, you can keep your meal timing probably pretty close to the same, right? We're just increasing quantities, maybe having some of those foods that you weren't able to eat before because they're a little more calorie dense, uh, maybe, or maybe they have a little more fat than you were allowed to have before. So, but then there's going to come a point probably when you reach your maintenance stage, which maintenance in this would be a small surplus for your growing season. Mm -hmm. When you reach that maintenance stage, you're probably going to have to move your first meal back a little bit and eat like almost right upon waking to like get your metabolism going. Right. So, so now we're moving stuff around your blood is in your stomach as a digesting stuff. And you can get that first serving of protein instead of just being BCAAs. You can get a first serving of actual real whole food protein right at the gate in the morning. Um, so, and I think it just makes your body work a little more efficiently. Um, yeah, I, I, I know for me when, so this is the first time that I've eaten this much food and the, I'm still trying to get a handle on it. Uh, you know, there was, I started getting more food, uh, after I was done my competition season and 
It was glorious. And then I got to this point where I was like, I, it would be like five o'clock and I'd be like, <laughs> which by the way, if your partner's dieting, don't complain to him that you don't, <laughs> you don't know how you're going to get all this food in. That's not very kind. Um, but I would be like, man, I need to start eating more food earlier. But I think when you're dieting, you get into the scarcity mindset of like, I need to like trail this food out. So like point by point mm -hmm. to like, okay, now I got a little bit of energy. I can complete these things. And then I start running out of gas and I need to like refuel. And so I was still operating within that. And then I was having all this extra macros at the end of the day, which now I'm in the situation of like, what do I do? Do I just like make this giant, uh, like you'd have to start eating ice mm -hmm. cream to, to hit all your macros. Um, so for me, my eating window did shift. Um, when I was dieting, it was like a 10 to 10 because I was, I could not sleep if I was hungry. So I needed to have food like an hour before bed so that I could actually go to sleep. Now, um, I have a little bit more of a leniency with, you know, what I have in my uh, program. So my appetite's actually starting to increase in the morning. And so I've never been a big morning eater, but I find that I'm starting to get hungry around nine. And so I just start eating at nine. Um, and then I just choose to, like you said, TC, like in, increase the volume of food. And I'm also trying to use this opportunity to maximize my nutrition for the Reese. goals that I have. What's that? I said for Reese's Cups. For, well. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> no, I want I need to get big and strong, have big yeah. muscles like DC. So I am looking at my nutrition and mm -hmm. for the first time, I feel like I'm allowing myself to eat more before I go train. I'm having better training sessions. I'm coming home hungry, like really hungry because I'm training hard. And now I'm allowed to, or I'm in a position where I can eat a little bit more food. And then my before bed and dinner and those other like in-between meals are not so large. Like I've been able, to, it's been a, I think more mentally challenging than anything to not feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to be hungry going to mm -hmm. bed type of feeling. Because you're using up all your calories. Yeah, but I feel like I actually, because I'm training harder, I'm sleeping better. Yeah. And like I said, every season, I think you can learn something. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, I think another thing that's really important that we've tried to institute with our athletes going into an improvement season is a little bit more of a nutrition flexibility. Mm -hmm. So now is our time to capitalize on, you know, going out with people, have have a social life. Those couple weeks before a show, it's really hard to have a social life. Yeah. I know some people can do it. I'm not one of those people. But if you can be more comfortable being social, um, you know, let's institute refeeds. Let's let you have some meals out with your spouse who's like hung in with you that whole time while you were a little bit cranky and dieting. Like, let's incorporate those things and i also think going back to your dieting season incorporating diet breaks thank you coach paul uh refeeds like things where you're interrupting that constant dieting phase to give your body a little bit of a break and there's a million things that happen with that and i won't go into it but 
again, there's strategy in each season with what you're doing with your nutrition, not just mm -hmm. meal timing, but calorie interruption, whatever. I'm just getting on a tangent. So, so basically, um, what you're saying is during your competition prep season, mm -hmm. there's going to be much heavier focus on diet and it's probably going to be the harder aspect of Correct. your of your prep. Yes. Whereas in your off season, we want to have a more flexible approach. So like, I think you mentioned Paul, I think for you, he mentioned that as long as you stay within 10% of your macro goals, that's where he wants you. That was um, really hard, by the way. Yes. Like having Chris, when the first day she tried to eat more than her calories, like <laughs> I had to fight her so much on it. I said, babe, you said 10%. You're over by 20 calories. That's 1%. <laughs> Not even because you're over 2,000 calories right now. Oh, yeah. It was so, so, yeah, like changing that mentality, I think, is very important. Because to not be perfect. Mm -hmm, how much stress mm -hmm. was that? And especially in your off season, if you're still stressing about trying to make everything perfect in your diet, right? You're not going to have any capacity for doing anything else, you know. In your off season, and we, I, and I keep saying off season, that's just kind of a slip up because that's what people have coined it as. Correct. But it's it's not your off season. This is your growing season, mm -hmm. okay? Um, but during your growing season, you don't want to have like have that mental stress surrounding your your food. So. Your body sees all stress the same, whether it's mental stress, whether it's social stress, anxiety, whether it's, you know, stress from your job, from your relationship, or whether it's stress from your workouts, your body's going to see all stress the same, and it can only handle a certain amount of stress. And your body is going to stay alive before it builds muscle, mm -hmm. right? So if you're overstressed, yes. you're not going to be able to build muscle and that extra cortisol in your system is going to put it into a catabolic state and you're not you're it's going to be very 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 difficult for you to build muscle exactly and in the past like to combat that anxiety around food i have got given some of my clients like flex calories mm -hmm. where here's your you know this is what your daily macros and calories are going to look like add 500 calories eat them however you want and that did work well for some people like they just had a day where they had a crazy leg workout they were extra hungry they wanted to be able to eat those extra calories and and they could and those 500 calories you know depending on the person it was more or less and depending on their psychology of what they were they were wanting out of the experience mm -hmm. um gave them a budget mm -hmm. where and so if you're like on the weekend and you're like well where are you I really want some extra food with my significant other this weekend. So I'm going to save such and such amount for that. Or if you're just in a spot where you're like really struggling and you're like, man, I'm just going to eat the whole house. You don't have to feel bad knowing you have those extra calories. Cause sometimes just for me mentally knowing that I can eat more if I want to, and it's not frowned upon, it takes away the stress of it altogether. A lot of times you don't even have to use it. Uh, a lot of times they don't. Yeah. It's a breaking case of emergency. Right. Just having the fire extinguisher there, you know. Yeah. So there's there's so much around surrounding food yeah. and your past experiences and then what you bring into a dieting phase. You know, it all plays a role. So going back to like the growing season versus competition season, the mentality. So you were just talking about giving like a 500 kind of like you said flex account mm -hmm. so to speak for for dieting season in dieting season when your calories are low 
you're going to have some bad workouts. Right? You're not going to have great workouts. Yeah. Um, look at these. Akin to your days that you go out to eat with your spouse in your growing season. Okay, so it's... it's Now, bear with me here. <laughs> I'm getting a psychology... Uh, yeah, bear with me. Let's hear it. So, your bad workout days, it's a necessity when you're dieting. Your glycogen stores are low. Your blood sugars are low. Your hormones are low. Mm -hmm. You're not going to knock it out of the park every single time you go into the gym. Right. Your goal should be activity and proper muscle activation. Right? Okay, so we're, we don't need to go in there and destroy, destroy, destroy. Your goal is to go in there, perform the workout, and execute the technique as well as you can. Because you're just not going to have the same power and strength that you have otherwise. And as long as you're super intentional about your body positioning, you're still going to get benefit out of it anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, your muscles grow not just from damage, but also just from mechanical tension being applied to them. So... Yeah, so your so your focal point is on your diet, right? And yeah. and like we talked about earlier, that's going to be the hard part of your prep. Whereas in your growing season, you're probably going to have a lot more good workouts. And and when you have a bad workout, eh, 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 it just wasn't working today because you're in a good mood. Um, and then you might go out to eat that weekend, and then wake up the next day and feel like a fat person <laughs> uh, which in actuality is not the case right like you didn't just turn into a fast shit overnight but but like you might wake up and feel that way right and we have to maintain this kind of objective honest approach with ourselves and say it's okay that i had a bad workout in my prep season it's okay that i went out to eat with my significant other in my growing season these are the things that make this lifestyle sustainable. Mm -hmm. When you do not allow yourself for any wiggle room at all, ever in any aspect, you're going to fail. You're going to get burnt out and you're going to quit. You're going to give up because that's impossible. That's literally impossible. I don't care what athlete is out there. Where it could be Chris Bumstead. I guarantee you that he is not 100% on every single aspect of his life 100% of the time in his life. You know, I will, I will guarantee sure. it. Yeah, no one is perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the chase of perfectionism. Mm -hmm. and, but, and, and again, now it goes back to cortisol and stress and stressing out about perfection oh, and yeah. eliminating that stress surrounding that perfection being beneficial to your overall muscular development. Because now we don't have that extra stress surrounded being perfect. You're actually going to make better progress than when you were trying to be perfect. Right, which I think like coincides with setting up your nutrition to eliminate stress yes. as much as possible. Yes. Like, and I think that's why you have to look at your individual schedule, your responsibilities, and like it's not, it's trial and error a lot of times figuring out what's going to work. Mm -hmm. um, and there's nothing wrong, I think, with the monotony of finding what works for you, especially towards that tail end when stuff is just like low. Yeah. Like yeah. this is working for me. This is what I know to expect. This is what my body appreciates. And that's what I'm going to, you know, it, it's a small speck in the timeline of your life. And sometimes you just need to put your head down and, and do those, that boring monotonous stuff that works. Well, it gives you predictability for your own schedule, but it also gives your circle predictability exactly for what to expect from from and for you 
And that's like, that's what we did is I asked you, see, what are, what are your meal times? Like, when are you eating? Um, so that I know kind of what your schedule is like when your breaks are. And we try and stick to that as closely as possible. Uh, even if we're going to go see family, like it's okay to let them know. And we did that when we went to, when I was dieting and we went and saw your family in Arizona, like this is what my life is like right mm -hmm. now. This is where my meal timing is. This, these are the foods that I have, that I'm eating. And, uh, for people that are new to you competing, it's going to be a learning curve. They're not going to understand. It's going to feel weird to them. Mm -hmm. And you just have to like, hold your ground, like be kind. You don't have to be nasty, but like, this is what I need to do to yeah. achieve this goal. And I promise you, they come around yeah. like they, my, mom has adopted different like cooking techniques and her passion is to feed us so however and whatever that looks like that's what she wants to do yeah and oh, i've had the privilege of people in your family do that for me as well like uh danae like cooking food for me because she just wants to support people that she loves so yeah, yeah that's a that's another important aspect too is just like the other people in your life when you're dealing with um you know executing your prep and it's getting a little bit hairy with the nutrition so um why don't we unless you have something you wanted to add but i'd like to transition into like power lifting are you okay with that um yeah i'm just curious i'll ask you specific questions um because for physique sports, a lot of times there's these weeks on end where there's dieting and, you know, depending on the coaching style, some calorie interruptions. But for powerlifting, what it tell us what the benefit is for those of us that don't know of dieting and why taking a specific approach to nutrition is beneficial for that sport. So um, I actually like that you use the term dieting because dieting your diet is just what you eat right you're i'm going on a diet that means that you're adopting a certain diet you know people usually use that for term for weight loss but it just means you're adopting a certain diet right so for powerlifters, generally speaking uh entry to intermediate level powerlifters should probably not look to cut and if they do it should not be a ton of weight um there are a few different things that happen when you cut weight. Um, obviously, you have less glycogen stores. Your anaerobic capacity is going to be slightly decreased because of that. Um, your hormone levels are going to be lower. Your strength potential is going to be lower because of that. Um, your body fat is going to be different. So your leverages and your proportions are going to be different. Yes. Um, so there are a lot of different factors that make it it's just kind of counterintuitive for entry level lifters to cut a lot of weight. Um, also they generally don't do it right. They generally just starve themselves and then wonder why they showed up on meet day and couldn't hit any of their PRs. Right. Um, so stay within a relative range to your weight class, like something that's reasonable. I think that for power lifters, just starting to take control of their diet. Let's, let's start with that demographic. That's great. Yeah. You should be tracking your weight on a daily basis and tracking your protein on a daily basis. You should be getting one gram of protein per pound of body weight 
and you should aim to get the vast majority of your carbohydrates uh, in the two meals directly bookending your workouts. Okay, so you want like you want um, more carbs in your pre and post workout than in the rest of your meals. Okay. What about during your workout? So it depends what season you're in. Okay. Right. If you are trying to drop a little weight, you probably don't need anything for a powerlifting workout. Um, you probably don't necessarily need anything. Now, when I'm in my growing season, I always have fruit snacks with me. Hmm. And if I didn't eat enough pre-workout meal or if it was too far in, in advance and the carbs kind of left my bloodstream, if I get a blood sugar drop. You got stuck in traffic. Yep. Get stuck in traffic. You get stressed out. And oh, you have yeah, a little, little too much caffeine. Yeah. Um, I'll have fruit snacks. It'll give me that blood sugar spike, the insulin. It all helps to like calm me back down um, and allow me to continue my workout. So power. Yes. Fruit snacks. Yeah. So I always suggest I, I, I my joke is any real power lifter has fruit snacks in their bag. But he has a ton everywhere. Yep. They're in the cup holders of the car. <laughs> They're in gym bags. I find them everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, it's just in case. Yeah. And you know what? The amount of times that someone's like, oh, man, I, I don't feel too good. Right. And I was able to just pull out a pack of fruit snacks and toss it to them. And they immediately started feeling better. Man, what's in these fruit snacks? <laughs> blood sugar, man. Like, it's just, we just gave you a little PDs, blood sugar. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Mott's, easy... Mott's out there with the best PDs on the market, baby. <laughs> yeah, but easily digestible. So yeah. your body responds quickly to it. Mm -hmm. And that's the point. Yes, and it's, it gives you that kind of feedback from the eating loop mm -hmm. that we were talking about earlier. Correct. It's not crunchy, but you're still chewing it. Mm -hmm. It's sweet. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I, I like I like having fruit snacks. Um, I will say that before I met you, I did not think about meal timing. I prepped for two powerlifting meets before I met you. And both times I cut weight. I cut about 20 to 30 pounds for each, each meet. And how, and how long? Like six to eight months. Okay. Long, a long time. Um, I would still gradually reduce my calories because I'm still training and I want my I want to progress. I don't want to stay stagnant or decrease. Sure. So I never starved myself to the point of performance decreases. Um, having said that, my last meet, I did a sauna cut. Mm. I was with you for that one and almost bombed out of it. That will be a topic for another, another yeah. conversation. But... Um, once I started tracking my food and paying attention to meal, like macro timing, uh, when I first met you is when I started having like a bowl of cereal before my workout. Mm -hmm. I made so much progress that year in my power lifts. It's not even crazy. That That's the year is 2020. Let's see here. I, I hit all of my current PRs. Um, now I, I hurt myself because I was an idiot and I didn't take deload. Um, and your cereal was with a protein shake, by yes. the way. Yes. Yeah. I would make a protein shake, pour it into my milk. cereal yeah. and that was my pre-workout. Uh, sometimes I'd have a post-workout meal, but yeah, that's generally my pre-workout meal. So you meal. saw a benefit of meal timing. Mm -hmm. And using specific stuff, right? Cereal and protein is going to be pretty quick. Mm -hmm. um, so like, that's why I would have that before my workout so that I get that blood sugar spike so that I get all those amino acids in the bloodstream so I get the benefit of that food um uh yeah so I, I can get the benefit of that blah 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 great Sorry. yeah so I mean either sport you should be eating for performance because both things are like your your training is important to 
your end goal for both things. Yeah, and there's just so many aspects. There's so so many biological aspects of nutrition and exercise that have an effect on your hormone levels and therefore your muscle growth potential that it is just so silly to not pay attention to these things. And I know that not every powerlifter wants to have chiseled abs. Yeah, yeah. But I guarantee you, if you pay attention to your diet, you will notice performance increases. You will, 100%. There's absolutely zero doubt in my mind. I don't care if you're on PEDs. I don't care if you're a natural lifter. I don't care if you just started lifting yesterday. I don't care if you lift, started, you've been lifting for the past 30 to 50 years. If you haven't been paying attention to your diet and you start paying attention to your protein intake and your carbohydrate macro timing, mm -hmm. you will notice marked performance increases in, the, in your power lifts. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then what happens is everyone accuses you of being on drugs because they can't understand why you're actually making progress and they're not. Yeah. Uh, and they're doing this from the booth in McDonald's that they go to after they just worked <laughs> yeah, out. Okay. Yeah. So, which kind of brings me to my, the last bullet point I had on my paper is the ingredients that you're ingesting. Yes. So in your, in your competition season, let me back up a lot of processed foods, any processed food will have some sort of inflammatory ingredient in it. If it's processed, it will have something that will produce some level of inflammation in anyone's body. Now, the level to which you get inflamed probably going to be different for different people. Like, if I eat gluten, I might feel a little bloated. I might look a little softer. But you're going to know <laughs> I had gluten yesterday. For mm -hmm. sure. Undoubtedly, you're going to know. So these inflammation responses might be kind of different from person to person, but that's kind of why we start cutting out. Well, that's not the only reason. Food volume is the other reason, but that's one of the reasons we start cutting out these processed, or we start suggesting to athletes that they start cutting out these processed foods. Um, I had a refeed, I think two weeks ago, and I had not been eating fruit snacks. No, it was this past weekend, because then I told you I looked soft this week. And I don't know if it was from dehydration or from the sugar that I had this weekend, but I had fruit snacks this weekend. I think I know what it was from. So, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many variables and that's un, just one more reason as to why you want to keep things the same when you start coming up on your show day. So I'm three weeks out this weekend and I eat the same exact thing every day with the exception of like veggies. You know, if I, I grab this bag of frozen veggies for this meal today and i grab that bag tomorrow <laughs> that's like right. the variety of my diet right yeah. now um so yeah these processed foods they can create this inflammation and in your growing season that you can you can kind of handle it a little more right because we're not necessarily worried about aesthetics if you're a powerlifter, you're not necessarily worried about aesthetics you're kind of more worried about performance but if your body has to deal with that inflammation going back to what we talked about stress your body sees all stress the same and that inflammation is just pinging up your stress level even if it's only a tiny little bit it's still adding to that overall stress level well i think there's also the benefit of uh the ice cream phenomenon where you're ingesting something that's processed it's full of sugar blah blah, blah but you may drop weight so why? tell us why uh because of a stress response if you are enjoying something 
and you're relaxing. So I'm not, you're not eating ice cream and being like, oh my gosh, like this is horrible for me. This is so bad. Like I'm going to get so fat from this, but it doesn't matter because it tastes good. And oh, I'm going to regret this tomorrow. I don't want to get on the scale. And you start spiraling. You're just, you're not helping yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're not really enjoying it. If you are actually taking that meal and ingesting it in a way where you, you know, yeah, you might not be like peeled lean tomorrow, but there's benefit to it as well. Like that, that's happened to me multiple times mm -hmm. where I've, I'm lighter the next day. Yeah. Cause um, you just, we're able to relax and let go for a night and just not stress. And I think if you're in an improvement season, it's important to realize that you don't have to look crispy every single day. Like you are there to eat food and the, <clears throat> excuse me, the visual of like when you're in a dieting season, the things that keep you going are those couple meals that you have and a couple good workouts you might have. And then mostly the aesthetic changes that you're seeing in the mirror. Okay, I'm looking like I got some abs. I'm looking like this today. I have a good pump in the gym. Like there's been a, an aesthetic feedback where for a lot of people, there's a scale number feedback. Um, and when you're in improvement season, you have to shift the scale and the aesthetics. They can't always, they can't be your end all be all of you doing well, because then you'll start formulating your nutrition around an aesthetic feedback system. So like, you should be enjoying your meal. Like there are some days where I'm like, I know that me eating this, I'm not going to look like, I'm not going to look the best that I'm going to look tomorrow. But I'm also not like going balls to the walls and just like, I don't care about anything. Mm -hmm. It's all about, I think, balance and exactly. your approach to food. So, and also realize like, I look at bodies constantly. Physique coaches look at bodies. They're, supposed to be developing an eye towards changes within the physique and it's not just nutrition that's going to change the look of your physique like tc hit the number one culprit that i see with people is cortisol if they are stressed out their body looks stressed mm -hmm. out they wear it um so we can get all kinds of tangled up in what foods make me look good and don't look good and sometimes it's just a matter of taking a step back and what is helping me get to my end goal, what's digesting well, because uh, your gut will tell you a lot too, mm -hmm. and focusing on foods that are just, that are helping you feel your best, which is going to eliminate stress altogether. Yeah. Um, and, but, and maintaining your proper mentality, just like you said. Yeah. You know, and, and the other aspect is um, sometimes we see these watery physiques and people don't tell us that they're under a lot of stress. You know, they don't tell us that, oh, I'm going through a divorce. Oh, I'm about yeah. to get fired. Yeah. Oh, my kid is he just Sick. got suspended from school. Yeah. yeah. I, so, like, you need to tell your coach about these life fa lifestyle factors because otherwise we're going to see, oh, um, well, you're, you're still looking soft, so we're going to cut your calories more, which is just going to put more stress on your body. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we know that you're stressed out, okay, hold strong. I'm going to take away one of your workout days. I'm going to give you another active recovery day to kind of take some mental space and deal with this and bring yourself back to a baseline. And then we're going to hit it hard and, and keep on trucking and see what you look like next week. Mm -hmm. So the, the overall end result is less communication, less effective, more communication, more effective. So just communicate with your coaches and, and understand that bodybuilding 
the term bodybuilding is a lifestyle. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone's heard that, but I think that some people don't necessarily understand what it actually means. It doesn't mean, it doesn't just mean, oh, I love bodybuilding. I want to look really good. And this, uh, that's not necessarily what, what it means. What it means is that your entire life, every single day, revolves around your physique goal. And if you want to be, okay, if you want to be at the top, right? Mm-hmm. This And that's, that's, that's the kind of athlete that we like to cater to, right? Because that's kind of who we are. We have in an elite approach mentality. Uh, if we're going to do something, we're going to do it literally as well as possible. You give me the prescription. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, so, yeah. So whether it's bodybuilding or powerlifting, like you need to do everything possible to make sure that you're going to make it to the top. And just like you said, you need to pick things and make decisions that are bringing you closer to your goals on a regular basis. And that's not always going to look like one more rep or one more set. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's going to look like not going to the gym because you're so stressed out. Like that is not going to be beneficial for you. Right. So we need to be intelligent. We need to be intentional. Um, and we need to really make sure that, um, you're not making decisions that are counterintuitive to your goals and not every situation is going to have the same answer and that's okay. Yeah. And you're probably like, uh, your life's never going to be perfect. You're never going to, or if you try and seek out perfection for all of the things on your athlete to do list, uh, you'll reach burnout like I did. And then you just go in the opposite direction. So I think there's a difference between reaching for your highest potential and driving yourself crazy, trying to claw your way to being a perfect athlete. Mm -hmm. So, um, because then then we go back to the stress aspect. Right. (laughs) And nutrition is going to look differently for everybody. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of trial and error. You find what works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did want to hit one more thing about the ingredients because while I am preaching about food variety which is a big thing we look at for our athletes in an improvement season especially um you do want to have some food variety in your dieting season as much as you possibly can you know there's a benefit to having Mm -hmm. animal fats if that's something that Mm -hmm. that you digest well um for hormone health etc etc i don't believe that there's any necessarily bad food The one thing I caution people against is making sure that they are not overdoing these extra ingredients um, because there's a reason why your body cannot digest something. It's not meant for you to digest it. I am a big advocate for diet foods need to go. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like bars that say... You know, they're full of erythritol, they're yeah, full sugar of sugar alcohols, like yeah. it literally like blows up your Net digestive carbs. system. Yeah. Um, I'm not against protein bars, but I, me personally, I'd rather have protein bars with sugar in them mm-hmm. than sweeteners. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's not to like say that we should be just eating all sugar. But my point is that read your food ingredient list. Um, be educated about what things are and how it's affecting the body. And we'll try and do, you know, more content where we discuss specific things that we know disrupt gut lining that um, affect brain health, even stuff like that. Um, But if there's anything that I could say is 
whole foods are just a safe way to go about um, taking care of your body. Yeah. Um, yeah. So actually I brought up the processed foods and, and I started talking about the processed foods in competition season, but I, the point I wanted to make was that, like you said, there are no good and bad foods. And in your off season, there are going to be foods that you want in your competition season that you should have in your growing season. You know, like I, even though, yeah, even though it's processed, even though it might have these sugar alcohols, like go ahead and and treat yourself every once, every once in a while. Okay. Mm -hmm. Again, balance is, I mean, life is about balance. So having said that, going back to, um, Huberman one more time, (laughs) um, which actually, this is not the first time we've heard that. It's just, this is the most recent time that I've heard this particular thing, but, um, people, they, they've done studies where they, how do I want to start this? They've basically done studies where they've given people foods that those certain people, they either viewed these foods as good or bad. And then they, they viewed the inflammation response or, or, you know, your response in your body. And regardless of what the food was, if they thought it was good, it had a good response. And if they thought it was bad, it had a bad response. Now taking that one step further, there was a study where they numbed the taste buds in these people's mouths and they gave them one one of two protein uh, uh, smoothies shakes. Yeah. And they they told one group, this is a health smoothie, is protein smoothie, low calorie, it only has like 200 calories, enjoy. They told the other people that this has, you know, this is a nice decadent smoothie. It has six, seven, eight, nine. Actually, this one, they didn't numb I the feel taste like buds. I've heard this. Yeah, they didn't numb the taste buds. But they, they then recorded the feelings of satiety following the ingestion of this drink, mm-hmm. like how full you feel. And unsurprisingly, the people who thought they ingested the health food low calorie shake stayed hungrier than the other group. And they, it was the same shake for both people. Yep, exactly. So it was your the same shake. Mentality. Your brain has so much control over you, you and your progress as an athlete and as a person in general. It's crazy. And we, you and I were talking about this the other day. If you look at the greats in the sport, Chris Bumstead, Laura Lee, look at their demeanor. Oh my God. They're so relaxed. Everything's okay. There's no stress. And they make tons and tons of progress because they don't have that ex- excess cortisol response in their body. And on the other end of the spectrum, the Chris Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> Who's still making progress. But, but convinces she could be her- making more. Yep, convinces herself her glutes aren't growing, which that's another study. You know, they gave some people steroids, some people not steroids, blah, blah, blah. And they've, again, whatever they told these people they were taking, that's the response that they got. They could be taking a placebo if you told them they're taking steroids, they're going to grow muscle and vice versa. It's the same way. If they're taking steroids, you tell them it's a placebo, they're not going to grow muscle. It's so crazy the amount yeah. of control your brain has over these things. Yeah, the psychology of sports is insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so after this entire discussion about eating and you know growing season versus cutting season, we just need you to understand that you have more control over your progress than you believe. Mm-hmm. If you believe you're a hard gainer, you're right. If you believe that this growing season you're going to put on 10 pounds of muscle, okay, you may not put on 10 pounds of muscle. <laughs> it depends what you're taking, but but like it, it you'll grow. 
more than mm -hmm. if you believe you're you're a hard gainer is the point i'm trying to make i'm being very hyperbolic but well if anything too your mindset can limit you mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah don't don't be the one to hold so, yourself back yeah so if you do have trouble putting muscle on because you're mm -hmm. you know an ectomorph don't let your bullet like your mindset slow it down even more Yep. I tell Chris, not all the time. I was about to say all the time. <laughs> Every but day. I've told her often that I'm a thousand pound deadlifter. Yes. I haven't pulled more than 805. Okay. Um, but I know that this body is capable of doing that. And it will one day. I know it. I know it for absolute 100% fact. And I'll, you know what? I I'll, might be wrong. <laughs> let's do this. I'll gain a thousand pounds and yeah. you could pick me up. No, you tried that. We already we already tried that. I did try. Yeah. Not a thousand pounds, guys. No, I, I bet her that she couldn't get to one fifty. And to this day she argues with me. She says I basically did. I tried. That was a whole other <laughs> mental thing where I was like freaking out about the scale in another season and yep. time in my life. And so we were again trying to change perspective. Instead of thinking about not gaining weight, tried to gain yeah. weight. Which, by the way, as a bikini competitor, unless you're very tall, you probably don't want to be 150 pounds off season. But no, we, there's, I mean, to each their own. Yeah, we were just dealing with like mentality, and there's chapters in life for everything. And just because this one person does something, it doesn't mean you should or should not do it. You should figure out why they did that thing before you decide to adopt it for yourself or not. Okay, just I'm just gonna put that out there. Yeah. So. so. But yeah, the psychology. Of sports mm -hmm. nutrition yeah we might we'll probably go into that a little more on, uh, in detail on podcast but i just feel like it's such a broad topic and it covers any topic that we can choose to do on this podcast can have a psychology aspect to it so i almost feel like there's just going to be psychology talk in a lot of these different podcasts about a lot of these different things so just be prepared <laughs> but yeah i think that pretty much wraps up what we want to talk about nutrition um there are we, I think we hit most of our key points there. So, uh, I mean, I think with anything, there's a lot of variability. So take inventory. I mean, if there's strategies that we shared that work well, you know, you want to implement work well, try it out. But that doesn't mean that that's the end all be all. We're not saying you need to do, you need to live our eating schedule. Yeah, because or else. There, there is no, you need to do this. Exactly. And I think just there's variability in it and everything. There's variability in um, what your physique should look like in each season. How Again, like how you set up your nutrition. Uh, but I think hands down, the one thing that comes to mind is we can all benefit from our perspective on nutrition, our perspective on our seasons, and um, just continuing to work on uh, an advanced athlete mentality if we want to progress. So. I love it. Do you want to take us out? Yep. <laughs> What's our motto? Go for it. And as always, just a reminder, work hard, stay humble, stay hungry, and train reckless.